Hey there, Cryptid Keepers. Thank you so much for tuning into our 100th episode special. We are so excited. We hope that this is only the first of many landmark episodes to come. We are far from wrapping up, but there is another project out there that I think you'll really, really enjoy that is coming to a close. If you haven't been following the Alexandria Archives podcast, now is a great time to jump in because the series is actually coming to a close after a long and phenomenal run with a multi-part finale that has every kind of excitement you could possibly wish for. There is time travel, there is multiverse theory, there is like crossing dimensions, there are aliens, there are monsters. It's a, such a phenomenal time. And as an added bonus, if you're into that sort of thing, you might even recognize a familiar voice or two from, uh, let's say, other podcasts that you may frequent. <laughs> But seriously, the folks over at the Alexandria Archives have been such an integral part of our success here on The Cryptid Keeper. They're great friends, both of us and of the show. Um, they've been a huge help since day one, and they are really putting out um, a, an excellent product. If you have not hopped on the bandwagon yet, like I said, there's no better time than now. Catch up on the backlog and then jump into the finale with the rest of us, because it's going to be such a fun ride. And I really think you'll enjoy not only the way that this story wraps up, but without any spoilers, the way it might set up what's to come. So again, that's the Alexandria Archives. You can check it out at thealexandriaarchives.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find them on Twitter at WHAUSignal, or you can just keep following Addison and I, and I think eventually you'll find out exactly what they're up to. Thank you so much, and enjoy the episode. After all this time, maybe the greatest mystery of all was love. And maybe the real cryptid was the friends we made along the way. Thank you, and enjoy this 100th episode of the show. At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And I, for once, was not taking a sip of my coffee when you decided to introduce me. No, I let you I let you finish your beverage because we're 100 episodes in and I've learned <laughs> by now. I've grown as a person. That's sort of the narrative I want to do. No, that's actually not. <laughs> we love character <laughs> development. I think that there is a certain amount of like lore that we've built up around ourselves coming into this show, which is very fun for me. It's, it's something that I never expected is that um, our show would like oh, would yeah. take on this quality where we are just sort of improvising and like we are people but we are also characters you know what I mean it's interesting did you think I would ever have an established Addison Peacock canon because I sure didn't <laughs> where's the fan wiki <laughs> oh no <clears throat> so this is our 100th episode this is and that is it that is so wild it is insane uh this is hashtag crypt keep 100 so first of all thank you for joining us for being here it's 
really just incredible to be at this point to be able to say we have a hundred episodes of this show that we're doing. Um, really, really remarkable, really humbling, really phenomenal. Um, I'm really excited because I realized, of course, that this episode was going to fall to me. And um, even though, you know, every episode is obviously a joint effort, it, it, it's like a very big milestone and mm, it felt right. like it was the right time to do a lot of like really big things with it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm just, I'm very appreciative for that opportunity. Um, it, it felt very like fortuitous. Like I think a lot of things sort of lined up to make this happen. A little ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but I think that it's important to keep, to keep like a challenge in your life, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. It's good to have things to, to strive for. Um, you know, but it's equally important to like grab those things when you have them. Yeah, you know, there's always there's always going to be another motivation that comes along. So I feel like I feel like we should have spent longer bantering. People really like the banter, and I, I kind of feel like all the best. Oh, um, like like all the like all the episodes that people really like have have like the okay. You know where we where we just kind of like can you just yeah can you just break me off like a tangent real quick as I just um yeah so. <laughs> I got a breakfast burrito this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Classic Addison flavor. They're going to love that. Yeah, they're going to love it. Um, and speaking of classic flavors, this breakfast burrito did have tater tots inside of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I have only been introduced to since my move to L.A. Reminder that I moved to L.A. Uh, is good. That's that also very on brand. They'll just put like tater tots or french fries in a burrito and be like, this is normal. This is a regular food. And I'll say, thank you. <laughs> and I'll say thank you very much, you beautiful bastards, and I will eat it. And I did a swear. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's the hundredth episode. Things things are changing around here. You know, it's a new era. Okay, I didn't say an f word though. It was a gentle swear. Yeah, it was a it was a very calm swear. I, is it a swear also if it's just like a medieval term for like a child born out of wedlock? <laughs> um, on Game of Thrones, no, but here maybe it context is everything. <laughs> But I had my breakfast burrito, and uh, I met a dog in the lobby on my way up from getting my breakfast burrito, and that That's was also nice. good. That's really, yeah, really good. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Um, I live in a new building now, and there are a lot of dogs in my new building, and my favorite thing ever is uh, so many times in my day I get to have the fun sort of game, the fun little just like play around, fake them up uh, interaction where the dog pulls on their leash to come see me, and I have to be like, as if this isn't everything I've been hoping for my entire life. I have to be like, oh, your dog wants to, is it, is it okay if I pet them then? Like, since the yeah, dog right. wants to say hi, can I say hi? Like, oh, and are they friendly? The I'm like, I don't care if yeah. the, that was my dog. Did you hear him? That was, I did. <laughs> that was mine. Um, He's really good. Yeah, I love to play it really coy as if I'm not just like, every time I see a dog, praying that dog will pull on its leash to come see mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But so I had my breakfast burrito and uh, I had my coffee, which I'm still enjoying. And this wasn't so much banter as it was a play by play of Addison's morning. But, you know, but it's OK. We can check uh, it off the list. I have a list. Um, oh, I, <laughs> don't worry about it. So I uh, when I realized <laughs> that I was going to have the hundredth episode sort of fall into my my hosting corner, um, I, I I really felt like good about the chance to get into some. I mean, maybe calling it research is a bit much, um, but to really dive into, like, what makes a milestone episode work. So I've been spending a lot of time on TV tropes, um, primarily because podcast tropes isn't a thing yet. Maybe someday. I don't, yeah. Um, and, you know, 
there are whole pages just sort of dedicated to like what shows do with milestone episodes and like how they how they handle that and how they approach it. There's a clip show, right? Like usually, clip <laughs> yeah, show. clip clip shows are very big. Uh, some of them like sadly don't work very well for for an audio format or even just for like an improvised podcast format. Um, like a lot of people said musical episode. Like everyone was saying musical episode, and that I'm sorry is like not going to work. Musical oh. episodes are very complicated. Um, I mean, especially. When they're improvised. If it were my episode this week, maybe. Wow. Okay. That's fine. Alex, well, did it's you not- know I have, a, <laughs> I have a degree in musical theater? I did. Um, but the thing is, it's not just like, you can't just write some music, right? You have to have like a classic I want song and then there has mm-hmm. to be like a, a fun sort of like pun filled finale and you have to have like a mm-hmm. like a moment of, of crisis in the middle and it's just, there's it, there's a lot that goes into it. Or we could um, just turn me loose and let me do a one woman production of Hamilton and just see how it goes. I mean, we could if this was your episode. <laughs> Which it's not. So anyway, that's like hard to do in an improvised podcast or... Um, right. Like, one of my favorites, actually, is, like, the one where you have, like, a main character who's trying really hard to, like, put together a big event, um, and then, like, everything kind of falls to pieces, and they just keep, like, not quite getting it, and everything goes wrong, and then they realize, like, the real anniversary party was friendship or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that's, like, a very solid trope, but Oh, I it's... think that's, like, um, is that, like, the, the Friends episode with the baby, and then they get the wrong cake, and they have to take the cake back and get the new cake, and, like... Probably. Think, yeah, it's I... in, like, it's in, like, every sitcom ever has done one of these. Um, and yeah. then the end, like, the party at the end always sort of functions as a stand-in for, like, the celebration of what the actual milestone episode is. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so that, that doesn't really work either. But there are some that we can do, um, like... Okay. A birthday episode is a really big thing to do for a milestone episode, and um, it's not my birthday today, but this episode will come out on Sunday, and then it will be my birthday next Thursday, so this can kind of, like, maybe we can, I thought maybe we could make this my birthday episode, and then that would sort of, like, I mean, tick yeah. a box We can make us. it your birthday episode if you so like we'll, <laughs> So we'll call this my birthday episode, and then we'll at least have that out of the way. For she's a jolly good fellow, for she's oh, a jolly you. good fellow. Thank you. Thank you. I can't thank sing you. happy thank birthday, you. I don't have the rights. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you, is, is happy birthday not public domain? Oh my god, did you not know about this? This is like a huge, oh, this is like one of my favorite little fun facts. No, this God, is- I've been breaking the law. The birthday law. No, the happy birthday song has, this has been like a contentious copyright dispute for a really long time. Mm. It's the reason all these restaurants have the like, happy, happy birthday from all of us to oh, you. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the birthday song and the reason on most TV shows, you only hear a snippet of it because you can't do the right. whole song because it is privately owned. Uh, you The happy birthday song is not public domain. I don't remember who owns it, but I remember it being like, this has been a, like a contentious copyright probably case Disney. for a really long time. Probably. But, oh, you know what? I have heard that now. The yeah, and that's why TV shows um, can only do like, they can start with like the happy and something interrupts it, or you can cut to the end of the song and be like, to you, and then have them oh, blow out. Well, then let's let's do that because okay. that's a fun trope too. Okay, so um, all right, time to wish Alex a happy birthday, and then oh no, the audio uh-huh. corrupts in the middle, and we come in on to <laughs> you, blow out Very your candle. Val makes some magic happen there. <laughs> What'd you wish for? I wish. I wish for the best Cryptid Keeper episode of all time. <laughs> oh, great. Well, guess what? It's already happening. <laughs> oh, wow, amazing. Um, anyway, so there are some others that we will try to get to. Uh-huh. I tried to be really mindful of, like, some fun sort of things that would be easy for people to, like, pick out and say, oh, I recognize that trope or I recognize that trope. Um, and then I also did just, like, ask people in the group and the Discord server, like, hey, what are your, what are some of your favorite 
See, this is why I don't let Bear in here when I'm recording, usually. Yeah, but he's so cute. But I know that people like Bear, so I wanted to put more Bear in this episode as well. See, I really did my research here. But he's um, so cute. He's very, very cute. Don't, don't ever forget that for a second. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I put, like, a lot of, of bits in there, and I asked people in the group and the Discord, like, what some of their favorite jokes and callbacks are. So hopefully we'll have a little bit of something for everyone. Okay, yeah, wonderful. Um, Serious question, are we going to talk about cryptids at all today? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes, of course. Okay. No, I mean, like, so, okay, okay, no. So it is, like, so it is definitely sort of a, um, like, an homage episode, uh, but I do actually just want to straight up do, like, a cryptid. Okay. Um, like, I do, I very much want to, um, like, I thought about doing listener stories, but then I was like, no, I I don't think that's the way to go with this. I don't want to, like, I want to sort of have time to focus in on all the things that people really love about the Mm -hmm. show, you know? Listener stories are, like, more of a holiday thing for me, I think, too. Like, I get that. Yeah, which, like, it is a holiday. It's my birthday, but... Um, Not yet. <laughs> it, for the for the, the fiction of the show, it is. It's my birthday Oh, episode. right. Happy birthday. You're right. You're so right. I can't believe you forgot already. This is not going to go anywhere oh, good. Oh, no. Um, but, but, yeah, no. So, I mean, a lot of the things that I think people love about the show, a lot of the reason they come back for that classic flavor is because we do the cryptids, and it would feel weird... To, like, do a celebration of our show that didn't do the thing that our show does. Right. You know, if that makes sense? Yeah. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I figured. So, yeah, we will we will get to it. And I'm actually really, really excited. Um, I cannot wait to, like, hear your reaction um, to this. But first, actually, uh, we put out a hashtag for people to tweet in, like, their questions or comments or messages to us. Um, and so I want to just, like, sort of read some of those on the air, like, throughout the course of the episode. Yeah, So we'll totally. sort of, we'll, we'll intersperse, like, the cryptid chat and, like, the fun bits with, um, with these listener comments. So, totally. I love it. Yeah, we have um, a bunch of them, so hopefully we'll get to as many as we can. I'm rubbing my hands together like flies do. I guess I'll just start here with the, uh, with the first one under our original tweet. So, yeah. Yeah, so our first message comes to us from Jay on Twitter, who is at ShutUpFish. Jay! Jay is a good friend of show. His his uh, display name is 20 by Teen Jay, so that's how you'll find him. Jay has been one of my internet friends since I was active regularly on Tumblr for a sense of how long ago that was. So it feels good and feels right to have him yes. here with us today in this space. This is mm-hmm. almost like a guest star thing, which is another great milestone, in case oh, you were wondering. True. I'm just bringing it all together today. Anyway. It's so smooth. Um, Okay, what? So Jay says, uh, which cryptid is the most fashionable? Oh my god, this is such an easy question. You started us off with the softball. Thank you. I mean, it's it's the Flatwoods Monster, right? Yeah, it's Braxy. Braxy. It's always been Braxy. (laughs) We dedicated, like, an entire episode to talking about her space couture. Yeah, I think we did already cover that, like, pretty definitively. Now, Alex. Yes. I have a question for you. Okay, what's your question? The Met Gala did just wrap up. <laughs> oh my god. So do you think Braxy's camp? Oh man. Uh, is Braxy, is Braxy camp? camp? I don't feel like I am the right person to get to that's fair. qualitatively like talk about what is camp and what isn't. <laughs> this um, is fair. That's, like, that's not really my like cultural expression and I don't feel like I get to be the judge or the arbiter of it. I do know that um, if anybody ever gets their act together and invites me to the Met Gala, I am absolutely going in a Braxy-inspired costume. Please. I would say I think that not i don't know if braxy is camp but i feel like she would appreciate it oh absolutely and also like why are we not inviting braxy because she would serve looks consistently year she after year she would look amazing just put her and janelle monet together on the red carpet 
<sighs> with her little like did you see Janelle sorry really quick Met Gala sidebar did you see Janelle <laughs> Monet's blinking eye on her dress did you see the video I did it, it was it blinks buck wild I loved it I know that just thrilled me so much Anyway, Braxy's clearly the most fashionable cryptid. I feel like it's not even, I feel like neither of us has to think very hard about that. Yeah, no, we don't. That was a very easy She's coming through, fresh off a spaceship, first appearance on a new planet. She's coming through in platform boots. She's coming through in a fashion cape. She's coming through in a metal gown. She's serving a helmet of some kind that might also be her head. She's just toe-to-tip fashion plate extravaganza glamazon. It's armor. It's a dress. She's got stilettos on and she's already seven feet tall. It's got working lights. It's got a fog machine built into the hoop skirt. It is everything. No one compares. Your fave could never. Braxy is top tier fashionista. Tyra Banks, get on this. End of story. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Thank God, honestly. All right, so. Oh, man. I feel like we could do an entire episode just talking about cryptid looks at the Met Gala, but we will okay, not Okay, honestly, it's so funny, too, because uh, just as we are split down the middle on a lot of other things, even though I love all of God's creatures, uh, you're the dog uh, person of the house, I am the cat person mm-hmm, of the house. True. I say gala and you say gala. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, you say tomato, I say tomato, let's call the whole thing off. Call the whole thing off. Yeah. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Um, our next comment, our next tweet comes to us from Rourke. She says, if cryptids had a bowling league TV show, which ones would have a Rivals to Lovers storyline? I'm sorry. That's a lot. That's a lot of steps here for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was there with you. You got me on bowling league. And then you took right. me on a left turn with TV show. And then you uh-huh. took me through a roundabout off at an unexpected exit with a, like enemies to lovers storyline. Yeah. I think that this tweet um, is very like delightful on a first taste. But then it has a surprisingly complex body that mm-hmm. really sort of opens up once it's in your palate. So uh, uh, I speak as I am. Uh, as I mentioned before, I am rubbing my hands together like flies do before they're going to <laughs> put their weird little proboscis down on your potato salad. And... I would like to say, if you have heard the Friend Fiction bonus episode on our Patreon, or if you haven't, you might just already know that I love enemies to lovers as a trope. Let's go. Now, what I love so much about this, and I do want to make sure that you're thinking about this in your answer, is that it's not just rivals to lovers. It's a bowling league. Yes. Rivals to lovers, which could go one of two ways. It could either go the way of the sports anime and be Mm -hmm. like teens at a bowling school, which is a, a thing for the metafiction of this show. Yeah. Um, or it could be like middle-aged parents like trying to get back in the swing of it. And I kind of love that angle. Yeah, I like that. I like a bunch of dads. It's like a dream daddy bowling league rivals to lovers situation, which is, again, a lot to unpack. TM, 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 OC, do not steal. Yeah, right. I think this is my new spec script. It's really good is the thing about it. Oh, this isn't, this wouldn't be a spec. This would be my new original pilot. Thank you. Mm-hmm then that would really take us down a specific avenue of which cryptid exudes the most dad energy. Because we want to start maybe from there. Yeah, I think that is an important place to start. Um, And I don't want to spend like too, too much time on this because we do have an episode to get to. But I think that if we were talking about just like the most dad cryptids, my immediate reaction is just to, and maybe this says more about me than it says about the cryptids, but my immediate reaction is to think (laughs) about like the ones that are most in like the Dogman family. I was just about to say the Beast of Bray Road. So I think, yeah. Oh, do you know who's real dad energy though? Who's real dad energy? The Wolver. Oh my god, you're so right. The Wolver is a Scottish gentle dad. But here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with the uh-huh. Wolver. 
here's the problem with the wolver is that the the wolver wouldn't have a rival. The beast of the beast of Bray Road though has a very much like oh that's the asshole with the really nice bowling ball like down in lane seven. Well, Alex, let me toss something your way. Let me toss a flavor your way. Consider one of my favorite versions of rivals to lovers actually is where one of the people involved doesn't really consider the other person a rival and is just kind of a generally nice person and the other person is just jealous of them for some specific thing and perceives there to be a rivalry that isn't there. Oh. There is a uh, there is an example. There's a, a high school anime I grew up watching um, called uh, His and Her Circumstances mm-hmm. where the main character is this really type A student uh, named Yukino and she is obsessed with like destroying her mm-hmm. academic rival, this boy at her school. And he just like doesn't even think about her he's just like doing his thing living his life like being a yeah chill dude and she's like i will ruin him and then they fall in love that also is and like spoilers for dream daddy but this is also like straight up just the sort of the first route i played through dream daddy so i definitely get that <laughs> it's just i quite enjoy that so consider that the beast of bray road has got his sort of like type a mm-hmm. rat bro energy like macho macho man i want to be a macho man and he sees the Wolver having this, like, effortless success at bowling and also being, like, the guy everyone loves. Like, the guy everyone wants to be around. Because yeah. he's, like, so nice. Oh, it's like, um, you what? Remember com- the first few seasons of Community when Jeff was obsessed with that guy in his pottery class? Yes, yes. It's like that. But if yes. they ended up kissing at the end, which is what I wanted. <laughs> um, Just sort of side note, if you ever watched Community, I think that, like... <laughs> I think that Jeff would be like a really good stand-in just sort of for like a like a Beast of Bray Road archetype in general. I love it. It's like surprisingly good. I uh the first 3 seasons of Community, I say that very specifically, are some of my favorite television ever. But that is I love that's very good and I agree. Yeah. But I don't remember the name Rich. Rich is the pottery guy's name. So Rich is the Wolver. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, let's get through a couple more here. Yes, please. Quite a few of them. Okay, yes. Uh, We have some questions coming to us from um, resident audio wizard Val, who didn't use the hashtag correctly, so I guess those are disqualified. I guess they're fired? I guess guess they're fired. (laughs) Oh, okay. So their third question, actually, which has the hashtag, and it says, I didn't follow the rules and forgot the hashtag, so another question, am I fired? Yes. Yes. So So sorry you had to find out this way. (laughs) While editing Um, this audio... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> while editing the 100th episode. Um, although, you know, that's really good. Thank you, actually, Val, rehired, because another major trope <laughs> for, like, milestone episodes of things is, like, major cast departures. So thank you for that. No. Love it. Yeah, but we're taking it right back. Val's not going anywhere. Yeah, no. We, well, Val is rehired for giving us that excellent, <laughs> that excellent little chestnut. They proved their mettle. Great. Thank you. Uh, so Gwandi, who is at Tastes Like a Spy on Twitter, great handle, oh. says, who wins season one of Cryptid Bachelor slash Bachelorette? <laughs> this is a tricky question for me. I am, uh, hmm. Here's the thing. Here's You want to know my thinking, Alex? Mm-hmm. Do you want to know my thinking? I'd love to know your thinking. I yeah, absolutely. Hit me with it. Would like to just pitch to you. Um, mm-hmm. The Bachelorette, right? Cryptid style, The Bachelorette. Okay. And it's the dear woman, and she didn't sign up to be on a TV show. She's just living quietly in a mansion, and there are all these men there. And just they gradually just sort of disappear or die off. Oh, no. So the real winner is her. It's always been her. Yes, and at the end, it's just her by herself. 
Oh, no. And maybe there's, like, a camera woman who they fall in love. That's, like, a really good, actually, concept for a show where the actual story is happening in the frame narrative. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love this it. This is not the same, but do you, uh, I don't know if you read the story when it happened on The Vietnamese Bachelor. I did, Two of the yes. contestants fell in love. Yeah. I saw it. Two it of the women good. fell in love, and now they're dating, and they're in love. We stand. I love it so much. Um, and then secondary question, secondary question, come on. Oh, like, yeah. Try to stay a little bit focused here, please. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. What was the most difficult cryptid for you to do an episode on and why? Oh, wow. Um, Alex, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, it's actually, it's funny that you mentioned the deer woman. I think that the cryptids that are most difficult for me personally to do episodes on are ones that have a more overtly like spiritualistic connotation to them mm-hmm. because they're the easiest to really mishandle. You know what I mean? Right. And so I don't want to say like, oh, it's hard to do these because I know I'm going to get yelled at. Like, that's not what I mean. What I mean is they're the most difficult to do episodes on because I want to, like, on the one hand, say like, yeah, I totally recognize these as like really valid contributions. And I want to highlight things from a lot of different like cultures and places around the world. But I also have to recognize and grapple with the fact that it's not always my story to tell. And Mm -hmm. so figuring out how to like find that balance. And I'm not pretending that I've done it perfectly by any means. I'm not going to say, like, what I've done that has worked so well for me. Like, But no, I mean, but I you're think trying. The, the best that I can do, <laughs> always, um, but the best that I can do is to sort of try to find that balance between presenting something in a way that is, like, very reverential and then poking fun at, like we say in the opening, like, you know, we're poking fun at ourselves, really, and our own, like, the ways that we engage with the material more than we're poking fun mm-hmm. at the material itself. Right, absolutely. I think that... There are different ways for me to approach this question, so I have kind of three different answers. Mm -hmm. There are some that I've covered that are really fun, but don't have a ton of information about them. Yes, those are always so hard. For example, I loved talking about the Enfield monster, but it is a very, like, one-time appearance creature. There's not a ton of stuff about it, but I really wanted to talk about it, and so those are really hard to just sort of wring enough stuff, just enough material Mm -hmm. out of. Um, Like, you gotta wring all the juices out. Um, Ooh, I don't love that. (laughs) No. Um, Then there are things that I could talk about for a lot longer, like uh, things where I end the episode and realize I still have 10 unopened tabs on my computer mm-hmm. of things I didn't yeah. get to talk about. For example, Bloody Mary, uh, which I just could have probably talked about for several more hours. Uh, and then there are things that strike an emotional chord with me. Like when I did the Women in White episode, which I would love to do my part two of sometime soon. Uh, look out for that, folks. If something strikes a chord with me or hits on something Uh, It can sometimes be hard to sort of push through that and find the funny or even just find my voice again and be able to sort of clearly communicate Mm -hmm. about it. And sometimes I get a little lost in the emotional weeds. And so as much as I want to talk about things that resonate with me really deeply and really powerfully, sometimes it's it's tricky to navigate that while still making it entertaining for people to listen to. Yeah, definitely. Those are, I think, my three top examples of the type of thing that's difficult to do. And, you know, I think you made a really good point because something that actually that I was thinking a lot about coming into this episode is that sometimes the ones that are hardest to do are the ones that you're closest to, right? Because like, Mm -hmm. and you know, when we started out, like the way we would pick cryptids would just kind of slapdash. It would be like, you know, well, let's let's do this one. And like, I found some fun information on this. Or like, Mm -hmm. I know for a long time, we were kind of like wanting to stay away from the the quote unquote, like the big ones just until we sort of found our footing. And then after Mm -hmm. that, it became this thing of like, you know, well, when I do it, I want to do it right. And so like, 
it's really easy to get stuck in your own head and be mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, like, I, I want to do this cryptid. Like, I want to do it really bad, but I want to make sure the timing is right. And I want to make sure that, like, I'm in a good place to deliver because I know people have really high expectations of, like, when we eventually do that one. So it gets to be, it gets to be a lot. Um, But actually, that's a really good transition point because um, it's the 100th episode. And so it felt like the right time to really do, like, a bland mark kind of critter right like yeah uh you know there's never gonna be a better time to do like the one you know like the white the proverbial white whale of the podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. um which is not actually a whale-based cryptid although we have done some of those too as well so i think like gosh i get nervous just talking about it oh my god but you know it's no secret that coming into this podcast like there are there are certain elements of like cryptid stories that i'm really really passionate about And definitely, like, you know, where I'm coming from, like, both literally and figuratively, like, there's always going to be, like, a a home field advantage for me when we talk about those specific cryptids. So actually, real quick, I want to do just, like, another landmark episode thing to sort of transition into this. Okay. Um, Which is, like, you know, clip shows, like, variety shows are really big on on landmark episodes. But as part of that, like, flashbacks, I think, are sort of, like, the big deal. And so I want you to join me on like a flashback to, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can hear the hesitation in your voice. Do not, do not, uh, do not despair yet. It is a beautiful day in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, you went, would you like to set the scene? You and I are there. Why? Why were we in Huntington, I guess, is the, the initial oh, question. We were in Huntington for Candle Nights. Yeah, we were at the, um, the Candle Nights live show actually just this past year. And all of us, like, had piled in the car and gone on this, like, huge road trip. It was... If you're not familiar, is the holiday celebration for the McElroy family of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just, just in case. Right, yeah. No, in case anybody's yeah. not familiar with that. Mm-hmm. The, the McElroy family hails from Huntington, West Virginia. And so every holiday season, they go back and do a live show there in their hometown. It's quite nice. And it's always really nice. They do, like, a whole bunch of fundraising, too, for their community. Um, and it really sort of centralizes everything which i think is nice you know like it's good to use your power to like get out and have a bunch of causes but to bring it back home like to the community that raised you was like really really nice Mm -hmm. so we were all of us in huntington Mm -hmm. and then as part of that huntington trip we took a little side trip over to point pleasant because we were like you know when is this chance going to come up again Mm -hmm. we're like so close exactly um it would be it would be completely foolish not to just go ahead and like do this thing right now um because all of the stars had like aligned right and uh, the timing was never going to be better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we went to Point Pleasant, which was just a short drive away. And we got to see the Mothman statue, which was amazing, in the Mothman Museum, which is full of really, really cool stuff. Uh, if you've never been, it's like it's very small, which is probably not what you're expecting. I was just about to say it's tiny, but it is a jam-packed. <laughs> it is. There is so much to see. There's stuff on the walls, and there are statues, and there's stuff on tables, and like every square foot of space in that back room, which is kind of like warehousey room, um, is just filled with information. There are a bunch of props from the Mothman prophecies. There's the phone that Richard Gere gets the phone call on that sounds all like yes. weird and like. <laughs> have you seen the Mothman prophecies? I have. Oh, okay, I actually have not yet. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> but actually, really good. I'm glad that you said this because something that I have for us to do today on this episode. Um, as like a fun little sort of side activity, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> oh a party game, a little party game for us. Yeah, parties are good, right? Parties are like a landmark milestone thing, and like something that people love. And some people in the group said this too. 
is uh, that one of their favorite, like, landmark episode tropes is when people do, like, a famous film, but, like, in the style of their show or, like, you know, they sort of they sort of take it and adapt it. <laughs> oh, yes. So I want you to open uh-huh. the file I just sent you in Discord. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I didn't want to, like... Oh, my God. I didn't want to overburden you with prepared reading or anything. Alex, um, am I about to do a cold reading right now? Yeah, we're just going to do a cold read of like a few pages from from the Mothman Prophecies script. I need to give you my agent's information first before I can do this. Yeah, no, it's fine. You're going to it's you're going to be great. Um, okay. If you want to just drop your website real quick, though, so the people listening can go hire you once they hear this. It's AddisonPeacock.com. <laughs> Alex designed it. It's I a did. good website. What I sent you should just open up immediately on like the. Oh, I have it. Yeah, it, well, it's on page it's on page seventy, right? Is where yours starts. Yes. Okay, good because I have like the full thing open, and it's just the excerpt that really mm. matters. It's just like two, or maybe three pages. All right, am I reading um, Connie? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna do Connie, and then I'll do I'll do John, who is John Klein in the movie, which is based on John Keel, the author of the Mothman Prophecies book, um, which is nonfiction, but the movie is fictionalized. So anyway, it's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do a whole episode just talking about the Mothman prophecies. Uh-huh. It's it's pretty wild. Maybe we'll do that sometime. Okay. I don't know. But anyway, for right now, so this is um, this is a cold read from like a, a middle scene in the Mothman prophecies where John- A movie I have not seen in a very long time. <laughs> a movie I have not seen at all. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is a scene where uh, John, who is the protagonist, he uh, arrives in Point Pleasant totally by accident. He- is originally from D.C., and after the uh, death of his wife, which, like, spoilers for the first ten minutes of Mothman Prophecies, his wife dies. They fridge the wife so that everything else can happen. Mm-hmm. As you do. Anyway, the wife dies, and it, the Mothman is maybe involved, and so, like, then John is obsessed with this, like, shadowy figure, and he goes uh, on this road trip and somehow ends up, like, hundreds of miles off course in Point Pleasant, which is impossible to do. You cannot accidentally end up in Point Pleasant. It does not happen. It's defies all laws of physics which is sort of part of like what the movie is playing with but anyway um and then connie is like the local police sheriff so yeah just go ahead whenever whenever you're ready all right i'm gonna put on i'm just gonna kind of really i want to really embody connie i want to make sure i really like yeah who's laura linney in the movie originally but i think who i love yeah yeah so i um i wanted to give you the chance to play in this space but i think that I, i love laura linney okay um let me just like really settle into it. Let me think about like, yeah, sure. what does Connie want? What does Connie need? Who are you, Connie? Speak to me. Who is she? Yeah. Like maybe, maybe if you could just sort of, oh, I don't know. Just like, um, give me, give me a visual of like, if you were showing up to this, to this cold read, to this audition, like what would, what would you personally wear to embody the character of Connie? I, I know I didn't give you time to prep this, like to come to our recording yeah. in costume, but like, what would you wear to the read if we were doing this In all elsewhere? seriousness, you're about to get a completely non-joke answer <laughs> because. Okay. That's fine. We don't do Hi, jokes Hi, I went show. to acting school and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They teach you in acting school that if you're auditioning for a specific role, you don't want to dress in costume. Like, I wouldn't wear, like, a police officer's uniform. But you right, want to, like, right. wear clothes that will allow you to embody that character's essence. Like, And you definitely want to, like, evoke yeah. the character, right? Like, when character. I look at you, I want to be able to see 
Connie without thinking too hard. Like, I would probably want to do, like, minimal makeup, like, probably, like, a button-down, like, a white button-down, mm-hmm. and just, like, some slacks. Right. Like, some black slacks, and then, like, yeah. some very sensible shoes. I feel like maybe with, like, with, like, the sleeves rolled up to your elbow, though, to show that she, like, yes. she gets things done. You know, she's very... No, exactly. No nonsense. <laughs> Hi, last time I auditioned for something was for Rona in the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, and I wore a bright blue blazer, my glasses and a pencil skirt anyway so yeah that's what I'd probably wear like sensible just like want to give like a no nonsense I get stuff done I'm a small town police lady vibe right so like slacks but also like boots yes like boots like some sensible boots right yeah for pounding the pavement and finding clues that's good and I I will be wearing I'm just sort of in the theater of the mind probably like well he's like he's from DC he's like kind of a harried like corporate guy like a like a journalist who you know gets things done but I think at this point is like starting to become a little bit unraveled so mm-hmm. definitely I think it would be like it would be a button down shirt like a collared shirt yeah he's but been like the top two stuff. or three but the top two or three buttons are undone and you can see like the white t-shirt under it mm-hmm. maybe there's like a coffee stain on his pants definitely yeah and the sleeves are like rolled up but not equivalently on both arms oh no and my hair is just a mess so that's kind of the energy that I'm bringing All right. here, I think. I haven't slept, but like I, I still think I'm very pulled together, you know? I'm ready to just kind of dive into the text here, I think. Yeah, just just do it for me. Just right. let's go. Just your odd reports, folks seeing things they can't explain. So they all come to me. Had a few odd moments of my own since last night. If there's other people in this town feeling as confused as I am right now, I'd sure like to know. There's something in his voice or his face or maybe both says the text. Okay. Uh, In the last few months, people have come up to me and reported seeing strange things. And I'm not talking about the town speed freak. I'm talking about honest, hardworking, church-going folks. I've known these people their whole lives, and they seem downright embarrassed to be bringing it up. Bringing what up? It's hard to explain. Try me. Smash cut to interior exterior police station, night, rows of fluorescent lights pop on one after another. Connie locks the glass front doors behind her and John. Cut to a stack of reports later spread across a desk, photos, eyewitness reports, maps, phone records. Weird lights, strange phone calls, ghosts, you, you name it. John flips through the reports. Seeing a UFO is one thing. It's almost a saddest symbol nowadays. But what do you do when someone walks in and tells you this showed up in their backyard? She tosses a sketch across the desk, John picks it up, and almost passes out. It's a drawing of a man with huge bug eyes and giant wings in his back. Flash cut to John's memory, a yellow pad with Mary, his dead wife's, identical sketch. Flash cut to accident site in D.C. The low-hanging branch with red lights for eyes flies rapidly towards us. Mary's drawing and the branch superimpose, and for a split second, John sees it. Mothman. Back at the police station, John's face is white. Who saw this? A couple of people. I want to meet them. I need to talk to them. Can you help me? Connie looks into his eyes. He's dead serious. So that's just sort of like the, that's just sort of the scene I wanted to Oh, we're not going to keep going? Okay. I mean, we, well, we can if you want to do more characters, but it gets a little bit like sort of convoluted. I just noticed um, that two I, more characters come in and there are only two of us, so. Yeah, it would have gotten a little bit com- I mean, Bear is here. I think I could have asked Bear to jump in. Now, in a perfect world, I would have had a guest star uh, come on and like read for us, but. Oh, I'm. Did Was that your door? Did you hear that? I did, yeah. Is that 
You should answer that. Hang on, let me just... Oh my god. Alex. Hey guys, it's been, uh, it's, it's been a hot minute, huh? Oh my god. Is that... Is that Hollywood's Owen Wilson? Wow. Wow, congratulations on a hundred episodes, you guys. It feels like it's been forever. Wow, oh my god, it's it's just... It's amazing to have you with us for this. I mean, you were like one of the founding elements of our show. Yeah, I know, and then things got real busy with Cars 4D, but, uh... I'm back and I'm I'm ready to help out. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I know you were always kind of a divisive figure for us. Like some people really loved having you on and some people were like, enough of Owen Wilson already. But we were never sick of you and I want you to know that. Yeah, it was like, you know, whatever whatever they said in the comments or the reviews or whatever, you know, commentary we got about using the same old tired jokes. Like I, I have to say that Oh, and I really just always appreciated, like, the professionality that you brought to the set and, like, just the experience and the, the wealth of wisdom that you have with you. I mean, and, and to have you here on this scene reading with us, like, is just... Tired. Was... Phenomenal. I mean... Was that a Cars <laughs> joke? Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't not one now that you pointed out. Now, how did Owen get into your house? <laughs> Oh, um, well, you know, that's that's a really good question. It's because for this episode and this episode only, my house is actually just a sound stage. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, did you fly out to LA without telling me? Well, that's what I want you to do next, Addison. Open your door. <laughs> oh, God. Don't tease me like that. That's not funny. Oh, I know. It's really not fair. That would have been so good, though. Wouldn't that have been an amazing reveal to pull off? It would have been amazing, except you don't know my new address, so I'd be a little scared. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That would be difficult to get around. Yeah. But it's really nice to have Owen back with us, honestly. Again, if you haven't heard our very first episode of the show, Owen has been with us from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Like, from moment one, Owen is bringing that classic episode one flavor. And honestly, Owen, I know you're a busy man. You have a lot on your plate. But before you go, could you just do one thing for me? Well, yeah, anything for my old friends. Could you just say, could you just say wow? <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you, Owen. It's been a pleasure. Dare I say, an honor. Everybody, just... Uh, the man, the man, the myth, the legend. The man himself. Uh, oh, there he goes. Uh, whoa, and he's, and he's gone off into the night. <laughs> like a he leapt out through your window and then ran away on all fours like a beast. It was a little wild, but you know, I miss him. <laughs> it was terrifying. I miss him when he's gone. <laughs> What most people don't know about Owen Wilson is he actually has antlers, and in most of his movies, they just take them out in post. Oh, yeah, it's all just CGI. It's like Henry Cavill's mustache. I was just about to say, it's what they did with Henry Cavill's mustache, or what they should have done with the uh, coffee cup in Game of Thrones. What? <laughs> hey, did we say that? Did we go there? Um, I don't know. I'm not going to look at it again because I'm afraid of the people who make that show because they have too much time and too much power. So what's next? Oh, shoot. Um, You know what? We are getting pretty far along. I really want to get to more of these questions. Um... Do you mind if we jump back real quick just to the hashtag and we can do some of the... Yeah, dude. Some of the, okay, great. <clears throat> cool. So, um... Oh, all right. Mima on Twitter, at Mima Varga, says, Do you ever leave parts of the articles you find when researching a cryptid unread so you can surprise yourself with the information? And Mima, I just want to tell you, there's a lot of stuff I leave undone on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there is an alarming amount of prep work I don't do. 
<laughs> Me too. If you want a real research show, don't come to us. We are not scientists. Uh, but it's very, very kind of you to give us that reason and give us that out. <laughs> that benefit of the and doubt. Now here's to pretend like it's an intentional comedic choice. I just took my glasses off so I can put them on again when I talk. So you can, I want you to hear the act of me putting my glasses on as I shift sure, into yeah. pretentious art school mode. All right, so... <clears throat> In my Meisner training, we were always taught that you should let the text move you as it comes, right? You should really let the text take you on a journey and let that inform your choices as an actor, you know, as a performer. And so for me, I think the most valuable thing is to leave sections of the articles unread, not because of my own incompetence or laziness, but so the text can take me on a real and honest journey and I can bring that honesty to you because I don't want to lie to you people, you know? I want to bring you my most, I want to bring you my most, honest unfiltered self and the only way to really do that is to let the text take me on a journey you know that was beautiful thanks yeah i really enjoyed thanks. that thanks wow meisner yeah that's good <laughs> um did i mention meisner did you mention meisner did i mention that i studied the meisner, meisner. technique okay i okay. Um, <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> Jeffrey, whom I can only assume is a mongoose, at SelkieBoyX on Twitter says... Uh, Jeffrey's clearly a Selkie. (laughs) Clearly. Well, I mean, you can be two things. Um, Not strictly cryptid related, but I was wondering if either of y'all knew your Myers-Briggs type. I do. I do. I'm an ENFP. I am also an ENFP. (laughs) Wow, weird. It's almost like we are both individuals who thrive on validation and need to spill all of our emotions to strangers on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like I went to theater school for a reason, and that reason is a gaping hole that no amount of attention can ever fill. Uh, Bet you didn't see that one coming, Jeffrey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that was, I actually don't think I knew you were an ENFP, and that's very funny to me. I take Myers-Briggs about as seriously as I take astrology, which is to say just enough seriously to make it fun for me. But Mm -hmm. totally. I do, yeah, I do know my type. I've taken the test multiple times over the years, and it has not changed. So there you go. I'm also a Virgo. Hey, good to know. Virgo sun, Aries moon, Scorpio rising. If anyone was curious. I don't remember. I know that my that my sun sign is Taurus, but I'm ruled by Scorpio. That's all I remember. Oh, you're ruled by a scorpion. Yes, I am ruled by scorpion. Every time Dwayne the Rock Johnson shows up with that horrible CGI from the Scorpion King, I, oh, no. I, I go into a trance and I wake up hours later having done heinous crimes I can't remember the instigations of. Hands covered in blood. Hands covered in blood. <laughs> Oh, God. My eyes only just beginning to focus. My hair askew. My clothes torn. Scorpions? <laughs> this is a side note, but I now live in a part of the country where scorpions actually just are. And I haven't seen one yet, but I've been out in the desert a couple times now. And I am so afraid mm. of what will happen the moment I meet a scorpion for the first time. I don't know what I think it will do to me, but I feel like we'll make eye contact and it'll see me with those creepy little beady little weird eyes. And it will just instinctively know that I fear it. <laughs> and it will come for me. And that's the real toxin. Because they're spider crabs. They are spider crabs. It's They're pretty... spider crabs with bee stingers on their butts, and I hate them. Anyway. <laughs> um, this is a show where we talk pretty much exclusively about, like, terrifying monsters. Yeah. That we love. And honestly. Scorpions do it for you? My real life 
like scary there are animals that exist in the real world that make me way more nervous than any cryptid ever has and those are specifically scorpions and not all eels but like but like most eels like yeah garden eels i saw pop up in the cryptic keeper group a while ago and those were pretty cute I, those can stay but like there's an eel that I saw. This is such a, I'm so sorry, tangent. In Chicago, a couple years ago, between like events that I was going to, I was just kind of stuck downtown and didn't really have anywhere to be. So I went in an exotic like fish store, basically a place uh-huh. where like rich people buy like tropical fish for their fancy aquariums. And they had a section with like non-fish and they had like starfish uh-huh. and yeah, they had like mesh. shrimps. And then they had a tank with eels in it. And there was an eel and it had teeth. Sure. And it was had big, big, empty dead eyes, like brand stark or any kind of shark. And it looked at me and I, I felt it see me. And I have never forgotten that eel. I think about it. That eel is slowly hunting me down and one day it will catch up to me and I will die. <laughs> I will die by its lack of hands. And that's just what I know to be true. Anyway. Oh, man. Sorry, that wow. took a turn. Yeah, that was pretty wild. But I did enjoy it. I really liked the lore. What else do you have for me? This is your episode, after all. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm getting to wonder. Carson, who is at C Eggbutt on Twitter, yeah. says, <laughs> says, Alex, Addison, and Val, thank you for a hundred amazing episodes. Being a part of this community has gifted me with countless friends. You all inspire me to pursue my passion and to be the best version of myself. Thanks again and stay safe out there. That's beautiful. Carson, thank you so much. That's really, really deeply lovely. And oh, that's so nice. That makes me really emotional. That's, actually, that's so nice. Oh my God. That's like really just kind of wonderful and amazing and thank you so much i don't think either of us had any intention of like making a thing that affected people when we started not unless the way it affected people was to make them go ah these losers again but here we are Ugh, here they are this all came from i i think so at least one or two people asked about our origin story and just like to clarify this oh, podcast yeah. was born of like a hang, a post work hang for you, uh, with you, me, and Andrew in a English pub, as mm-hmm. I had a banana bread scented beer, yes. and we made puns. <laughs> yeah, and then it was it was sort of a riff that happened on an earlier joke that was like kind of a running thing with you at the time, which was oh, yeah. the Midwestern. Mom. Oh yeah, she's still around though. She's not going anywhere. Yeah, well, she is. We sure do love her. Um, and then that oh, she's not going nowhere. <laughs> Of course she's not, because her parents lived there and her parents' parents lived there. Um, Who's going to anyway. tend to the cows? So yeah, it was just, okay. it was that and then making like a really dumb riff on like, what if skinwalkers like m- mimic sounds to get you out of your house, but they only heard you doing like and that that's what, joke. Yeah. And so they were like, and so that's the voice they had. Um, and then the whole thing just sort of spiraled from there. And then I was like, hey, this is a punny name. What if we did this thing like for reals? Because I... I have a, I was born with a horrible chronic condition where I can't mm-hmm. not commit to a bit. And we um, committed to the bit so hard <laughs> that we're a hundred episodes deep. We did. Um, yeah. Oh. What do you got for me, bud? Uh, oh, man. There are, there are so many, like, really good comments and I wish I gave to them all. But I don't think we can get to all of these and still have time to do an episode. Um, Alex... Oh, shoot. I hate to break it to you, but we already kind of have done an episode. Oh, my God. I literally, like, I just looked at the timer on this episode. Um, wow. Uh, boy, I sure kind of hacked this one up, didn't I? No, 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 no. 
hey, 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 look at me. I know you can't see me, but look at me. <laughs> Did you? Ha- are you having fun? I am. I am. I'm having fun. I am having fun. Well, you know what, then? It's a good episode. You did, and it's good. Because I just... What is this podcast, if not just, like, a celebration of our friendship? You know what? You're right. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's not about the cryptid. It's not even about... Not about the cryptids. I mean, it is, but it's not about the cryptids. (laughs) We did talk about cryptids a little bit, all right? We did. We did. I just... I can't help but feel like I've become that that trope of the person who tries to do like a big thing and then just mm-hmm. and then just falls through on every conceivable point. Okay, well what's um, always the uh what's always the lesson of that of that trope? There's a lesson. And I think that the lesson maybe is that everything we needed for a hundredth episode we already had right here. Right here. And then I put my hand over my heart, but I tell everyone because it's an audio format and they can't see that I'm doing that. You know, Addison, I I Never thought we'd be able to pull that trope off in an episode, in an audio episode, but I guess we did. Yes, we but did. It's almost like it's almost like it was the plan all along. You know what that makes me realize? What? If we could do that in an episode, why why couldn't we do a musical episode? Oh my god! <laughs> I've heard it said some things are impossible to know. And what you expect isn't always how things go. And I think that I believe that's true. No cryptid predicted I'd meet you. Wait for it. I never planned on getting a hand on conquering all my fears. And who would have thought that we'd have a podcast and that it could go on for two whole years? Wow, this is the stuff that dreams are made of. On that, I think we can agree. It's almost like some kind of crazy Mothman prophecy. Oh, there's another verse. Just wait. Oh my god. I won't pretend I imagined or dreamt I'd be part of a moderately successful show. But here we are, and we've come so far, and on July 6th, we'll be in Chicago! Yeah, this is kind of rushed. I felt like this was the best way to make the announcement, though I, I have the time, so July 6th, Blink's not there yet. This is the stuff that dreams are made of, and I don't think I'm wrong to say. The real cryptids might be the friends we made along the way. <laughs> show there's one story that i haven't dared what good is all this cryptid keeping for if the one i love most has me scared maybe there's no wrong way to love the things you do Maybe it just has to be for you. Yeah, you know what? We will do it. <laughs> I make a pleasant point each time I tell the Mouthman's story. I'll take his feathered hand and cross that silver bridge to glory. The nightmares of our dreams can all come true. 
like a moth to the flame. I've got a goal and injured cold is his name. No man in black alive is gonna stop me now. Ooh, we've all got a prophecy and mine is you. We've all got a prophecy and mine is us. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the 100th episode of Cryptid Keeper. Oh my god. Oh my god. Addison? Yeah? I love you. And I am deeply honored to be doing this show with you a hundred episodes in. I love you too. Me too. That is probably one of the most beautiful things anyone has ever done. Oh my god. You gave me a peek behind the curtain of some of the design of this, but that was purely out of, that was organic. You knew nothing about that. Yes. And that's because I was out of nowhere. And that's because I did not know if I would be able to pull it off because I started composing it on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that. Yeah. So thank you so much to everybody who's been a part of this, to everybody who has stuck with us through a hundred episodes and to everybody who's planning on sticking around for more. I hope we have another hundredth anniversary in the future. Um, and a hundred more. Who knows? Maybe by then we'll even have done the Mothman. <laughs> Four more years of cryptids. Four, Four more <laughs> years of cryptids. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll get there. Maybe. Um, but we certainly wouldn't get there without any of you guys. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for being a part of this like wonderful found family on the internet, um, this beautiful parasocial family that is us <laughs> and Andrew and Val and everybody who helps make this happen um, and the Lunar Light Studio and just all the people who have supported us from day one. Um, everybody who's been involved has really like, I, I don't want to say like taken a chance on us because it's not like we were promising anything we couldn't deliver. <laughs> like we were promising an hour of conversation between two friends who like monsters a lot. And I think yeah. that we've pretty much fulfilled that every single time. I think so. <laughs> but thank you so much to everybody who has invested in us, I will say. Uh, because even when it's just like mm-hmm. taking an hour out of your day, that's an hour that you're giving to us. And that means a lot. So thank you. Mm-mm. Alex, it's an hour you're sharing with That's us. That's so true. Every time you play, you press play on an episode of Cryptid Keeper, I personally come to your iPhone and start talking. Alex, no. <laughs> you don't get enough sleep as it is, please. You're not wrong. <laughs> please, God. You're one person. I am, yes. Um, but together we are many people. Together we are strong. Uh, anyway, we are Legion. We are Legion. So yeah, July 6th uh, is going to be the date for our live show. Tickets are not on sale yet. You will be the first to know as soon as they are, everyone listening to and this, because that will be how the announcement will that be? Chicago. Where will we be? <laughs> um, I don't want to give a venue name just because I'm still waiting okay. on one last final email from the people. Oh, like we already have. Okay. We already have like the the things set up basically but i before i sign a contract i don't want to say like this is the venue but that's going to be the date no matter what yeah july 6th in chicago we'll see you suckers there in chicago we will see you there anything else to say um just that now that you've thrown the gauntlet down i guess i have to write an original (laughs) song for the live show I guess you have to write an original musical. I guess I have to write several original musicals for the live show i have to become my own lin-manuel miranda i guess but you know I'm here with you. Thank you. I think I think I, I think we can do it. <laughs> also, uh, you need to buy the Dipper Pines hat. It's true. So. I do. Yeah. Do you wanna? Do you wanna? Do you wanna put the button on this one? Uh, yeah. I'm like a little bit crying. It's fine. <laughs> um, whew. So, oh my God, for the hundredth time, as always, we hope we can keep you around. 
and stay safe out there. Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.